Welcome back to another episode of Growth Marketers Podcast. I'm Samuel Timothy. And I'm Taylor Rowe. Uh, today's episode, we talked about a topic that's, uh, you know, pretty, uh, hits pretty close to home for us because uh, we work with uh, a lot of manufacturing companies and companies that sell into manufacturing companies and, uh, you know, tech, very technical audiences, right? So uh, we talked about some tactical items and, and tips that you can use as a marketer to get in front of your audience. Um, if your audience is, let's say, engineers or, um, you know, even architects or anything that's a little more technical by nature, uh, where sometimes, you know, the idea is, Hey, you cannot, you can't market to this audience. They're not going to be affected by marketing because they're, they're engineers, right? They're not on social media. They're not here. They're not there. Um, so we kind of talk about some of those myths and, and ways that we can overcome that as marketers, if you're trying to get in front of that audience. So hopefully you enjoy the episode. Uh, if you do, please give us a like, subscribe, uh, share the podcast, uh, with a friend or a colleague. And, uh, as always enjoy. Hey Taylor, so we deal with a lot of industrial manufacturing companies and there's a ton of engineers out there. And a common concern that marketers, especially in these organizations have is, well, we deal with technical engineers who work in these organizations. They're very much information driven. Um, they're engineers by profession. So the way they go about uh, looking for information is, is drastically different than how you would expect others to do um, find their information. So this is a common objection we hear and also a concern that marketers have. So knowing the audience of our manufacturing clients, what, what practical advice do we have in helping these organizations do a better job of marketing to these engineers? Uh, what are some pitfalls that we see and what can they do different or better to market to them? Right. Yeah, absolutely. Like you said, it's something we come across all the time. Uh, we work with a ton of manufacturing companies and companies that sell into manufacturing companies. Uh, and so this is always a concern. Um, and I think you have to first understand who that persona is, right? All of those things that you just described, you know, why people say like, it's hard to market to this audience because of X, Y, and Z. Um, those are the characteristics that you have to understand in order to effectively market to them. So it's, that should be more of your, your fuel and your firepower than excuses of why you can't market to them. Right. Um, they're very smart. They're analytical. They're, they're not emotional decision makers. So they're not going to be persuaded by, uh, you know, clickbait titles and, and, you know, uh, kind of hacky marketing, uh, you know, strategies, if you will, uh, very process driven. They're, they're very little, literal and, and logical. Right. So, mm -hmm. uh, understanding that that should be the basis of your, your marketing, right. When any marketing campaign, you start with the, the persona. So, uh, I want to give you three tips um, that we use all the time for marketing to a more technical audience of, of an engineer. So uh, the first tip would be to focus on education throughout the entire funnel. So what I mean by that is a lot of companies just focus on, um, especially online, on more performance-based marketing. So, uh, you know, bottom of the funnel, SEO, search engine optimization, uh, you know, PPC ads. Uh, and those type of things might be more difficult for this type of audience, right? Because if we go back to what we just talked about, uh, engineers by, uh, you know, no pun intended, but by design, right? Their, their minds are made to create solutions uh, for problems. That's what they're always doing. They're seeking answers. Uh, they're very used to doing research, figuring things out on their own. So if I'm a marketer and I'm trying to sell my product, let's say I have a software, I have a machine, I have a service that I sell into uh, engineers, into manufacturing companies, 
I need to understand what's going to be the most effective and efficient way to get in front of them. Well, maybe they don't, they're not searching for my services because they think they can solve it on their own. Well, if they're trying to solve it on their own, then that means they're online doing research. They're reading industry publications. They're on YouTube watching videos. They're looking at and downloading guides and technical guides, infographics. They're using online you know, tools and calculators, all these kind of things to, to do research to try to figure it out. So if I'm trying to get in front of my, that audience, then I need to either A, piggyback on someone else who is like a, a publication who has captured that audience. And I need to advertise with them, partner with them, sponsor with them, get in front of them, or I need to be the one educating them. So I need to create content throughout the entire funnel, focus more on top of the funnel, middle of the funnel type, you know, research related content, because that's what my audience is doing, right? They're doing research because they're trying to solve this problem on their own, or maybe they don't even know there is a problem, but they're focusing on continuous improvement in education because that's what they do as, as engineers, right? So Understanding that persona means that you can now educate through the entire funnel. So that's kind of that first step that I would focus on. Um, the second step is making sure it's kind of in line with the first step is making sure that you align the content and the format of the content with the, um, the type of, I guess, message you're trying to get across and with who our audience is, right? So if we're creating content throughout the funnel, um, yes, engineers are, are very, uh, you know, used to reading tons of very technical, long, heavy, you know, saturated content. And that's great. But sometimes there's better ways to articulate that, right? So I talked about videos. I think video content is a great way to educate at the top of the funnel or middle of the funnel when you're trying to express something, especially if you're, you know, we're talking about engineering uh, or manufacturing rather. Uh, if there's a physical product that's being created, or there's a physical difference in production, uh, lead time, you know, outcome, uh, precision, anything like that, showing something visual is, is much more powerful than just writing about, you know, this is going to increase, you know, accuracy by, or consistency by X number percent, right? Like showing that actual visual, I think is more powerful. So looking at imagery, videos, infographics, those type of things, uh, focusing on the proper content. Um, so don't just write, you know, blog posts, right? Um, you can't, in this space to this audience, uh, you can't focus on, you know, that traditional content marketing where a marketer is going to sit down and write a blog and there's going to be a lot of opinion based information in there. Uh, we can't be too vague with it. We can't make any bold, um, unsubstantiated claims about our services it needs to be very technical to the point, um, draw a straight line between using your product or service, uh, and some sort of a tangible business outcome. I don't want to say like, okay, all, you know, engineers are going to buy the book, you know, rule followers, those kind of things, but they're very process driven. Right. And so what we found is like, you have to give that engineer, uh, whether they're the decision maker or whether they're just an influencer, maybe they're going to be the end user. Because a lot of times, again, if you're selling into a technical audience, um, there's kind of a supply chain within that organization, right. Or a hierarchy within that organization, or you might be trying to market to the user of the software, the user of the machine, um, and you need to market to them differently than you're going to market to the owner of the company or the, the CEO, whoever that may be. So you need to empower those people that are not decision makers, but they're influencers with the information that they can then go plead their case internally, right? Plead that, pitch that case to their boss. Um, so understand that when you're creating this marketing, that you're not just marketing to one person. You're marketing to this organization and within the organization, different people have different um, goals and objectives, right? 
especially if it's a larger organization where you have like a CEO, you have a CFO, and then you have the engineers and then you have more, you know, all these kind of different people, right? So that CFO, we know what they care about, right? We know what the CEO or the owner cares about. Um, and we know what the the actual worker, or the engineer cares about. So it's like, they're all focused on the same thing in terms of, you know, hey, we want to help our business flourish and grow and be more profitable, be more efficient, um, but a little bit of a different twist uh, for each one of those, right? Obviously, CFO is just really focused on the numbers. Um, so those are the kind of things that you have to understand. And again, it goes back to understanding who these people are. Uh, so the same, those same things, like I said before, is same characteristics where you might say, wow, it's too difficult to market to this audience because they're not emotional, they're logical, they're too process driven, they don't, you know, stray from the path and all these kind of things, right? They're not online. They don't, you know, they don't go to Google and search for, um, you know, X type of software or X type of machine because they think they can figure it out themselves. Use those to your advantage. Be, be the one that educate them throughout the entire funnel. Um, create multiple different formats of content and create tools, create resources so that you can be that go-to guide, position yourself as a thought leader and that they see you as a valuable asset, right? If they see you, your company as, hey, these guys provide a ton of value. Um, even if it's for free up until the point where they're ready to pay you, they're still going to already know that those interactions they've had with you in the past have been valuable. Uh, and then third is just understanding again, that decision-making process and making sure that we're creating not only content throughout the entire funnel, but content throughout the entire funnel for each of our personas that we're trying to, to market to and try to sell to. Um, so those are the type of things I would, I would say one other piece on that content creation um, because it's very, um, because of the audience and probably all across the board, I would suggest this, but, uh, I would, I would pretty much ungate every piece of content, right? Because if you're trying to educate at the top of the funnel to an audience that's trying to figure things out by themselves, I wouldn't put a, I wouldn't put a, uh, an ebook or a, a training video or, you know, a, a, a infographic behind a, a gated, you know, form, right? I would give that for free open that funnel as wide as possible and just focus on education and value. So basically what I was thinking is obviously in theory, I'm pretty sure most people would understand what you're describing. Can we give some practical examples of maybe a couple of companies that are probably doing this really well, or even if, if even if we're not giving example of a company, but maybe just ways that they're actually doing it. Right. So I don't know. So if we are talking about reaching these engineers who are, um, Researchers, like you said, they're linear, you know, they're thinking very, you know, methodically and they're not very much driven by emotions and they're, you know, you can't influence their decision making process by, you know, speeding up the sales process and none of that, right? So what are some ways that maybe some practical examples of kind of topics maybe that they could they could be creating at every stage of the funnel? And like you described, maybe some tools and techniques, right? Like ROI calculator, things like things like mm -hmm. that. Where would that fall into the to that journey? Uh, and then ultimately, how do you empower them uh, to influence the rest of the buyers in that same organization um, so they can they can go around, make a case for why they should buy that software, use that uh, provider for whatever the service or product that they want to buy? Yeah, um, I think it's unique for each. Like there's no blanket statements like hey, you just have to do, uh, you know, create this type of content. But I would say back to the idea of first understanding the persona. So whatever you're trying to sell, right? Um, there's this idea or methodology of it's called like jobs to be done. I think you need to really understand, uh, the person you're trying to sell to, what is the job that they're trying to do? What do they do on a daily basis? What are they responsible for? 
um, in terms of the business outcome. And then start with that and understand, okay, what questions do they need to ask or what topics and concepts do they need to fully understand in order to be able to effectively do their job? That's the type of content we need to start looking at, right? So um, if we look at an engineer, right, um, there's different types of engineers, but let's just say, this is why I said it's kind of difficult to give an example, but let's just focus on one thing. So let's say um, we're, there, there's an engineer, they're trying to create a new product, right? It was like, you got to understand within this product that they're brought into, um, maybe somebody else had this idea and now the engineer has to make it happen, right? So now they're trying to create a solution out of, out of nothing. They need to understand all the variables. That's like the first thing that they're going to look at. So if they're creating a new product, it's like, well, what is the, what are the requirements of the end result? Um, what materials are going to be made of? Are there uh, requirements? Like uh, I'm selling into medical space or aerospace or, um, you know, food and beverage or whatever it is. Like they all have different, uh, you know, specifications or requirements for quality and all these kind of things. So understanding all those variables, I would start there and create tons of content around that. I'd create guides for, um, you know, uh, each of those like industry guides, those kind of things that would make available so that when they're doing research, they're creating a new product for, uh, you know, medical device, something along those lines, like they fully understand all those variables um, and all those questions that need to be asked. Um, same thing with like materials, right? They're making this out of plastic. They're making this out of metal. They're making this out of like what kind of, they're making it out of metal or some sort of, you know, steel, whatever that may be is like, then what do we have to look at? Do we have to consider corrosion as an issue? Um, if, if so, like what kind of, uh, you know, finishing or polish do we need to have on this um, you know, product. So all those variables, all those questions, like I said, that they're, they're trying to consider create tons of content around that. Um, I talked about before is like creating visual content. So if you're worried about something like corrosion, um, okay, well let, let me see the difference in, you know, uh, one year, five years, 10 years, whatever that would be, uh, on this piece, because they're going to then consider about longevity, right? If that product is meant to last a long time, if it's not, create content around that. So like, you don't even have to focus on giving them the answer. You have to give them all the possible scenarios and variables. Like, Hey, here's what you have to consider. If you have to have a product that lasts a long time, if you don't, if it doesn't matter about lasting a long time and you just consider about price, here's a better option, right? Um, could be anything, small parts, big parts there, you know, you're building a building. Uh, we've had clients that, um, create content around advantages and disadvantages of steel structures versus, um, you know, uh, timber and wood structures, right? Uh, same thing you have to look at environmental factors, um, cost, um, design and aesthetics. I mean, all these sorts of things, creating tons of content around this very early on in the decision-making process when basically we're, we're building out these you know, spec sheets, right? If, if you're an engineer, you're kind of developing this product, this process, this design map for uh, whatever project that you have you have to think of every variable and put in, okay, here's the part that we're going to use for this. Here's the piece that we're going to use for this. Here's how, like all of those kind of things. So if I'm a marketer and I'm trying to get myself on that spec sheet and say, Hey, you need to use this software. You need to use this material. You need to use whatever. Uh, I need to be educating them in that process when they're creating that and more value that you can provide, the more you can answer their questions um, or at least illuminate, right? It's all about kind of showing those illumination questions. Like, well, I didn't think about that, right? That's a good point. Um, the more type of content you can create like that, um, the, the more you're going to stay in front of your audience, which uh, as marketers, that's really our goal, right? Is can we capture the attention of our audience? Hey, thanks for listening. Solomon here. Are you frustrated 
because you're not getting enough inbound leads. You're worried that the leads that you're getting are not qualified, or maybe you're disappointed in the conversion rates from the leads to customers, right? It's really, really low. Well, I got good news for you. I talk to business owners every single day. You're not alone, all right? Businesses go through this when there is a lack of strategy sometimes, uh, maybe the approach isn't appropriate for your situation, or sometimes you got all of those things right, but it was just poor execution. I'll tell you what, head over to oneims.com and fill out one of our forms. Talk to one of our consultants. That's all we do. We talk to business owners day in and day out. Share with us your challenges and see if we're a fit, right? See if we can find you a solution to your growing pains. You know, our hope here at OneIMS, and especially with this podcast, is to give you the tools, the technology, the ideas, the strategies, everything we possibly can for you to succeed. All right, so thank you for listening and let's get back to our topic for the day. So basically what we talked about is, you know, knowing that our engineers, the way they think and the way they operate, right? Knowing that and having, getting into their mind and asking the kind of questions they're asking themselves uh, yeah. while they're trying to solve a pro- you know, problem in their business. Right, understanding those and then answering those questions in different formats. What, like you said, the visuals, written, uh, any sort of resources that you can make available. All of those are important things as marketers need to do to essentially reach those engineering audience um, that are working in these companies that we're trying to sell into. Um, but also, there are some uh, tactical things that they need to do differently, right? And especially when, when you create the content, you have all these things on our website. Now you can still just ask the same things that people ask, right? Like, hey, request a code you know, um, submit your RFPs, whatever those things. What other practical advice do you have for other marketers, especially when you're trying to bring engineers into your site? Yeah, so, I mean, that's a great point. So now we've we've captured, we're creating tons of content. We've captured their attention where they're on our website. Like, Ben, how do you take them to the next step? Especially after I just said, hey, ungate all of your content. So now, the again, the marketer is going to ask, well, how do I actually get these guys to convert on the website? Um, I think still understanding the messaging um, and understanding the decision-making process. So I think there's two things that, that we've seen and maybe they're kind of contrasting ideas or differences, but with any website, you want to have conversion points for whatever stage of the buyer's journey that they're at, right? So uh, if we're going to have ungated content, then that means the top of the funnel, middle of the funnel, in theory, we don't have conversion point for that. Well, uh, we've done the implement on chat, right? Because again, they're seeking solutions. They're looking for most efficient ways. They might not be someone who wants to pick up the phone call and talk to a salesperson. They might be a turnoff for them, right? Um, they know if they submit a form or they download an ebook, they're going to be stuck in a sales cycle. The uh, salesperson that might not really know the answer to their question, just trying to sell them something, is going to call them, put them in a sequence, email them. Um, so a quick a, a live chat with you know uh, the call to action of you know, speak to the sales engineer or something like that, rather than speak with a salesperson or chat with a, you know, robot or something like that. Uh, just changing the call to action of like, hey, speak with a sales engineer or a sales consultant. Um, at the same time, and when I say it might be a stark contract, uh, we've seen a lot of companies have uh, good success with like uh, a tool that's built into their form. So like uploading a, a file or a, a spec sheet or something like that so that they can request a quote. Uh, even if it doesn't spit back quote in like real time or anything like that, but we've we've seen some pretty advanced quote calculators and uh, you know CAD file uploads and all those kind of things that um, I would still err on the side of make it as easy as possible for them to convert. But as an engineer, if you feel like hey, I can put in a few data points and a few entries here, 
and skip all this back and forth between sales reps and just get a quote relatively quickly, sometimes a couple extra steps in that form can be effective as well. So I would have like both of those extremes. Like you just have a quick question, have a live chat with an actual sales consultant or engineer, not a, you know, not just a, a lower level salesperson, right? Someone who can actually add value to them uh, all the way to then, okay, if they're ready to make request a quote, I want to make this as simple as possible. It's like, Hey, if you've done all your homework and research, we can get you a quote in, you know, 24 hours or 48 hours or whatever it is. So, um, again, just making sure that we're aligned with the way that these, uh, audience likes to make decisions. Yeah. I mean, essentially we don't want to turn them off by saying request a quote. If an engineer is researching, they're coming onto your side, they found the, the specific process that you use to, like you said, maybe quote a material or whatever the case might be, then the next natural question might be, hey, I want to talk to an engineer. So give them a call to action that's more likely to be uh, enticing to that engineer to get them to convert uh, and not, hey, request a quote because it's too premature for them to even think about having a conversation around pricing. They just want to verify what they just learned on your side is exactly what they need to do and ask that question to an engineer, get the confirmation and then say, hey, maybe it's time that I probably do uh, consider doing you know, a project with you, getting quotes yeah. and numbers. One other thing that I thought about is obviously, I mean, when you talk about any sort of, you know, mechanical products or anything that you're manufacturing and selling, there's possibility of showing, you know, pre-made objects that could be, uh, let's say it's more like a, a product configurator or something like that, where engineers can play around with it, see how in different environments, yeah. something might react to something or different use cases and, and actually having interaction, right? Interactive uh, right. tools like that on Some a website sort of a tool, yeah. that actually makes them keep coming back and use that tool. And then maybe able to have the option to say, save this, re you know, whatever product, you know, that you just configured, email it to yourself or email it to your colleague uh, or save it. By doing so, you can essentially generate a lead, but also give a lot of value in that process other than just saying, hey, download a white paper, which we all know, you know, it's, we're, we're afraid when we submit that form, how many more emails are we going to be getting? Or am I going to get right. a sales call? Right. Yeah. Create yeah real valuable tools. Um, I think is always going to be a good idea for this type of audience because they're, like you said, they're going to tinker around, they're going to play with it. Um, and if it, if it in any way helps you sell your solution, right? If you're selling a piece of equipment and even, and I don't know that this would be the best idea, but just thinking of something like that is like, uh, you're trying to sell a piece of equipment. Uh, you need to look at like how that, equipment's going to fit into your existing layout, right? Like how, what's an ideal layout? What's a, what's the assembly line going to look like? All those kind of things. I think there's tools, like you said, to configure all of that, um, would be, would be great for that type of audience. Yeah. And they would really enjoy it too, because if they, if you can tell them like, Hey, you need to have this much square footage, this is how you can structure right. it and how the optimal layout for the floor plan, all of those things are tools that actually helps them decide for themselves if that tool is the right, you know, that machine or whatever equipment they're buying is the right thing. So we touched on a lot of things. I mean, we talked about the, just the mindset of the engineers, how they go about consuming content, how they educate themselves. We talked about how do we meet that demand or that need that they have by creating the type of content that's going to answer their questions that they're asking Google or asking their colleagues, asking uh, others in the market, right? And essentially creating all sorts of content to make it conducive for them to consume that content. Then we talked about how do we leverage call to actions that are much more relevant and contextual to the research that they're doing to make them want to talk to a sales engineer as opposed to uh, leading with things that may or may not be very 
you know, appropriate for that stage in their buying process. Um, and talk to our audience a little bit about, you know, what, what additional things that we could do in terms of amplifying, you know, you're spending all this time creating all this stuff. How do we amplify now um, to make sure that we're getting more eyeballs to see some of these things that we're, we're creating? Yeah. Yeah. I think um, understanding where, what channels your audience is going to be in. Um, uh, if we're spending effort to create content, we're, we're spending effort to create tools and calculators and all these kind of things. Uh, I would look at any sponsorship or partnership opportunities to amplify that content across those type of platforms. Um, and then I would look at other paid initiatives. So, you know, social media, I mean, again, uh, just because, Hey, this is our audience. This is what they do for a living. Doesn't mean they're not on, you know, LinkedIn or not on Facebook or not on Instagram. Uh, YouTube obviously, uh, is a you know, second largest search engine in the world. So if you're talking about someone who's going to consistently look for answers and look for solutions to their problem, YouTube is a, a natural channel for you to start advertising in, right. Based on their behavior, based on, uh, job titles or all those kind of things that, you know, someone might be looking for, uh, I would, I would leverage those type of channels to just put some money and put some promotion behind the content that they're creating. Awesome. Well, we've given some really actionable insights today. Hopefully our engineering uh, marketers that are marketing to our engineers can do a better job next time when they are working on some Absolutely. marketing initiatives. Absolutely. Thanks for joining. All right. So if you enjoyed this episode, here are five things that you could do to help us. Number one, make sure you click that subscribe button so you never miss another show. Number two, share this with a friend that you know needed to hear this. And three, leave us a comment. We love hearing your thoughts, your ideas, things that you've learned so others can learn from you. And four, if you have a topic that you'd like us to cover, let us know so we can put that in our notes and share our insight All right, for our next episode or the one after that. And finally, you guys, join other growth marketers, head over to oneims.com and check out all the resources that we have made just for you. I'm talking guides, webinars, blogs, videos, anything that could help you become a growth marketer. All right. So thanks a lot for joining us this week on the Growth Marketers Podcast, and I will see you next time.